0: Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.
1: Brady Quinn can be heard nationally every morning on Fox Sports Radio. Two pros and a cup of Joe. The other pro on his show being LeVar Arrington. It's a very good show. Um, you can see him during college football season, you know, on Fox sports on Saturdays and every now and again, you can find him having lunch with me at a random Duffy's location in South Florida. Our friend Brady Quinn is on the Toyota of Hollywood hotline. Hello, Brady.
2: Hawk, it happened one time. and It'll never happen again. <laughs> as I've continued to say, and I will for the rest of my oh. life, somehow oh. I won the bet, but lost in the end. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like we need a uh, a second uh, get together. I, I feel like it uh, it went well, and both of us have been thinking about it ever since. Hard pass. It's a hard pass.
3: <laughs> hard pass.
2: I <laughs>
1: feel like I'm wearing him down, Crowder. You, I, do you sense you a little uh,
3: softening of the attitude? I do. Oh yeah, he's he's <laughs> flying you in soon.
1: <laughs> well, I think he's here. Um, um, uh, Patrick Mahomes let's start let's start with the uh, with the Chiefs and his injury Um, I I was surprised that he was able to play I love the fact that he wanted to gut it out you know I don't want to be uh, yeah, <laughs> Mr. Macho guy, cause I'm not, but we're at this place in professional sports where anyone who tries to play through any injury, like if there's a, a drip of blood on someone's knee, you know, somebody's outraged that he's trying to play. I love the fact that he was angry that he was taken out. I love the fact that he came back and played, but, uh, you played, you know, professional sports and, and, uh, sports your entire life. Can he be effective this coming Sunday?
2: Yeah, he can be effective. I mean, look, he's probably one of the few quarterbacks who has the arm talent and ability to generate velocity and accuracy with the football just using his arm and his upper torso. Like That's what has always made him so unique as a talent is the fact that he doesn't have to have his feet set properly. He doesn't have to be running the right direction to throw the opposite direction. He's got all of that. The question becomes, you know, how mobile and how close to 100 percent he will be. You know, Andy Reid talked about the fact that the uh, the high angle sprint's not as bad as the one he had to deal with back in 2019. Um, and and I do think you have to give the Chiefs credit; their offensive line played well last week when he got banged up, and he and he became kind of a sitting duck back there. So uh, they'll have to play well again. I think they'll have to do something too. They don't really like to do. that's, that's run the football. They actually may have to they start out running the football and not you know, taking some of the pressure off his shoulders. But uh, he's a tough guy. Everyone knows that now. But I am glad you pointed out the fact that it seems like even with a hangnail now, someone's going back under the medical tent, and it's just all, all that's changed in, in today's game. Like, it used to be back in the game, guys would be playing concussed. They'd be playing with all kinds of stuff. They wouldn't want to tell anyone because they were so concerned about being taken out and losing their job or someone used it against them in a contract. Like, I remember the combine sitting there talking to guys – Go to all these different medical rooms. You just lie to every doctor's face. You know, they'd be like, you're, you're missing some stuff in there. You'd be like, what are you talking about, man? I've never gotten hurt. Played every single game, you know? You'd be making up stuff left and right. You know what? Actually, my mom told me I was born without a PCL. It's weird. It's just a genetic <laughs> defect. But our family, we don't have PCLs. So if you don't see one in there, that's probably why.
1: It actually sounds like George Santos now that I think about it there's a, there's some similarity. oh that's right I never missed a game in my
3: life well, I, you've had two ACLs right no 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 your doctor said you had two ACLs crowded Ooh, was that Two. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> let me get back to you it's a loose number <laughs> let not lock in this Then you turn around and make it more impressive. Well, I started with four. How many do I have? I've got none. I tore a boat. Imagine that.
3: I was blessed. Who, who with a hobble Mahomes, who's a who's the best quarterback in this AFC Championship game? Because I don't think it's a flat-out Mahomes is the answer if he's healthy.
2: Yeah, I was going to say, it's Joe Burrow. and it's It's been Joe Burrow to me really um, since Halloween. You know, If you go and look at the hottest team in the NFL, well, there's two of them. One's the 49ers, and the other one's the Bengals. I believe the 49ers' last loss was like a week before uh, Halloween, and then Cincinnati lost on Halloween, and that's it. They've won ever since then. So uh, they're the two hottest teams taking on the two best teams in each respective conference. Uh, But the reason why the Bengals are there is because of Joe Burrow. Look, I'm telling you right now, I think they're going to win the Super Bowl. Uh, I said at the start of playoffs, He's playing the best football right now. Uh, he's accurate. He's smart. He's tough. Uh, he's got the ability to extend plays. Um, but to me, it's just the way he leads, too. He's just got this demeanor, this poise about him where you know, he's got all these different nicknames. You can, I just call him Joe anytime, anywhere, because that's, that's what he'll do. He'll play you anytime, anywhere, and he's going to beat you. Like That's his mindset, and that's what, how I think that team walks into Buffalo walks into KC, walks anywhere they need to to go get a win. I think this is the year they get back to the Super Bowl after making it last year and finally win it.
1: How about uh, Brock Purdy though? How, how rare is it to be doing what he's doing? You you can speak on it because you played quarterback in the NFL. To to be a third stringer, we saw it here in the Dolphins with Skylar Thompson, but to, to come in, not have any kind of advance notice, you know, it was against the Dolphins, and then seemingly – get better every week and be in full command of an offense and now be in a conference championship game. Like, this this is the rarest of
2: rare birds, no? Uh, I mean, I think Tom Brady might fall into that category, too. But, um, <laughs> True. you know, Brock Purdy... But he wasn't even a third he, he, stringer.
1: He was a second stringer.
2: Well, yeah, but he started as a third string. So he just moved his way up. You know, for for Purdy, you know, he's the guy who moved his way up through in injuries, too. But I, I think the, the greater point is... Look, he was a very mature, wise young man who played a lot of football at the college level. And I I think there's something to be said for a guy who, you know, didn't come out earlier than he maybe could have. He actually, I want to say, had a better year two years ago in college football before this last season and probably could have come out and chose to come back for an additional year. And that growth, that maturity, even though it may not have paid off where he got drafted since he was drafted as Mr. Irrelevant, it's obviously playing off on the field as we see him as he leads them. And it's incredibly difficult, I think, to, to jump in that position and do what he's doing. You know, most critics will say, well, can't, doesn't everyone excel in Kyle Shanahan's system? And there's a lot of truth to that. I mean, hell, Matt Ryan had his best year. You go through any quarterbacks at a Pro Bowl, year, Matt Schaub. Uh, I mean, hell, Nick Mullins even got traded for this year as a backup just because he balled out when he got his opportunity in Shanahan's system. I mean, literally, it feels like everyone plays really well in that system, and You could probably put a lot of guys in his shoes, and they'd be able to operate it well too. But that being said, I think you're underestimating the amount of pressure that's on his shoulders because he is that one weak link. You know, he is that rookie that everyone's doubting. Everyone's looking and saying, "Can he do it?" Right? We we know how many All Pros you've got. Like we know you got McCaffrey and Debo and Trent Williams and George Kittle and all these guys on offense that been former All Pros. But like, can you do enough to facilitate them? get them in the right play, get them the football, and he's done that so far. And I think what stood out this week, when Dak, who was the elder statesman of the group in regards to age and just experience, you know, at this point in the playoffs, he was the one that made the bone you know bre- uh, breaking mistakes. It wasn't the rookie. It wasn't Brock Purdy. So there's something to be said for not necessarily having to win the game, but just not necessarily losing it either, and he's played well enough to be able to do that so far.
3: And, Brady, there's something going on for years with me and Hawking myself. I don't think Dak is that good. Like, his numbers are good. Uh, He he can get a team to the playoff, obviously. We just watched it. But I don't think – I think if he was in Tennessee or Carolina, he would not get the attention that he's getting because he's a cowboy. Are you a Dak fan? Because I don't think he's
2: really all that damn good. Well, I'm a fan of him because I think he checks a lot of boxes. I think he's a good guy. I think he does and says all the right things. The reality is though, is he amongst the the burrows, the Josh Allen's, the uh, Patrick Mahomes, the Lamar Jackson when he's healthy, the you know, Jalen Hurts even to a degree where he's out there and continuing to get better and better the more he plays. Like you start to put you start to put these quarterbacks in tiers or categories. The difference is like all those guys I just mentioned, they can win despite what their team doesn't have. The problem with Dak is like he can't win even with what the team has. <laughs> And that's a problem. And, look, the truth is that's the majority of quarterbacks in the NFL. You've got guys who are going to raise the level of everyone out around them. And those are the rare runs. Those are the Tom Brady's. Those are the Aaron Rodgers, the Drew Brees, the Peyton Manning's, the guys I just mentioned. Then you've got kind of everyone else who you got to have a team around you. And, and, and some of those guys showcase flashes or showcase you know time, like Kirk Cousins who has been incredibly consistent and has gotten to a certain point. Um, but, but they need more around them in order to be able to be successful and for them to have you know, a certain, uh, you know, certain amount of success. And then you got other guys who are just trying to hang on and hopefully they can play well enough not to uh, get kicked out of the league or be in the league long enough to make a little money. So, and that, and look, that could go for probably every single position. But I think quarterback, we tend to focus on a little bit more. We tend to see the, the great and, and the bad and everything in between uh, more than anything else.
1: I want to ask you where Tua falls in that uh, hierarchy, but I really want to know since we're talking about the Cowboys, were you surprised that the final play didn't work yesterday? Because that that seemed genius.
2: Yeah, that seems to be their uh, their mo now. Like, let's get to the, the end of the game where we've got a shot to do something and just blow everyone's mind. Like, I I I think last year's was actually worse, only because they they had a legitimate chance to throw a hail mary. And right. instead they wanted to get what 10 20 yards closer to throw like a last second play <laughs> like that was gonna make a difference. Um, that one did surprise everyone year, like,
1: though the the running play did surprise everyone this one didn't seem oh. to surprise anybody
2: <laughs> what what surprised me was like they were just gonna call a timeout. and was like, okay, let's just make sure we like we understand what they're doing. And when Dallas came back out, I was like, oh they're really gonna do this like they're really gonna have shocking the ball back and obviously he's gonna be there for some laterals around. But I kept thinking to myself, why even have the offensive linemen out there? It's not like San Francisco had their D line out there too. You might as well put in all skill players, like every running back, wide receiver, <laughs> tight end you've got, DB, whoever's athletic. Like get them all out there. Shouldn't those be the guys that are out there? Like at that point, you're not really focused on blocking like the D line. You don't need these big offensive linemen. So even the play design, I was like, this is stupid. But um, but again, it's Mike McCarthy and the Dallas Cowboys. And I can't wait to see what the hell they end next year. I mean, we know they're not going to the NFC Championship game. So we know it's going to end sometime before that. It's been, what, 27 years, 28 years since they've been in the NFC Championship game. So I just can't wait to see how they're ending next year.
3: Yeah. Or the fact that there were two guys rushing Ezekiel Elliott at center and nobody there oh, to block them. And they thought that was no problem, no check, no nothing. It was – Brady, it was the worst play I've seen called in a football game in my life probably.
2: I don't know about that. That fake punt by the Colts. Do you remember that one? Where like That was awesome. That, <laughs> that one was, was about as bad as it gets. We were like, I mean, obviously, like, what's crazy about this, at no point did Dan Quinn not look what the offense was doing. Because, like, Mike McCarthy said they practiced this and clearly they'd go out of their work. It's like, yeah. We know, Mike, obviously that didn't go the way you hoped it would go. (laughs) But at no point did Dan Quinn not look over and go, hey, Mike, what the hell are you doing? Like, why are you doing this? Like, this is how I defend it. Like, did you not talk to your defensive staff or anyone else? Or did you just walk through it and think like, oh, yeah, this will work or this will get the play started? Crowder had said it earlier
1: in the show today, which made sense. You know, if it's fourth and one and you're in the second quarter and maybe you catch them off guard with a crazy alignment and, and they get someone out of place, but in that situation, all they're doing is playing 50 yards back. And it really doesn't matter what you're doing on the line because they're ready for lateral. Like it, it, it made no sense because well, how could you, what, what would you fool them on to, to come forward? Like it didn't, (laughs) none of it made any sense.
2: Well, I think what they were trying to set up for is the ability to throw to the outside, uh, back across the field, and find a way of, you know, getting like a convoy up one of the sidelines eventually by spreading them out like that and keeping the linemen out there. The problem with that thought is, is you overlook the most like initial like most important part. That's, you have to get the play started. Like, like <laughs> the weakest part of this entire thought was the guy who shotgunning it back and the fact that if that guy gets bowled over and the guy you're throwing to gets absolutely kneecapped, you don't have a play. So I think they thought about like everything else other than the actual start of the play too much. And they missed the most important part. It's like at some point you have to actually start the play, but it never really got started. I was howling. It reminds me. I told
3: you Zach Thomas used to call like just tell coaches that crap doesn't work all the time. And some coach we were playing the Chargers and he was like, Yeah, we're sending the three backers. The nose guard's gonna drop back and he's gonna he's gonna shadow the back. And it was Ladani and Tomlinson. And we and Zach looked up like coach, so we're gonna have Paul eye on Ladani and Tomlinson. Not gonna work, coach. And damn Paul Pascolonis goofy tail continued to try to run it until we saw it at practice and was like, Yeah, this is a stupid idea. So to your point, Brady, somebody should have checked McCarthy and said, This is stupid stuff.
2: I mean you know, it's funny, like we see this stuff from time to time, and then like in that game, one of the things that blew my mind was did you see the play Fred Warner made over the middle when he was like he wasn't even in the A gap. Like he was on the left side of the offensive formation, like in the B gap, like mugged up like he's threatening the blitz, and then he drops out to the right side of the formation, the number three receiver who's running an inside seam and broke up that pass over the middle. I was like God, like no, I don't know many backers who could do that sort of thing that can actually cover that much ground and, and are fast enough to, be able to cover a wide receiver down the middle of the field. Like, there are times when like you see that stuff and you go, "Yeah, I don't know if that's going to work." But when you're like San Francisco and you have that sort of talent, speed, and athleticism, like you can run some crazy stuff now. So I, I think it's more worth yeah. diving on Mike McCarthy because seems like Kyle Shanahan and and, and Ryan's get away with. Some other stuff with the uh, personnel they have.
3: Yeah, I didn't raise my hand when you asked that question whether the linebacker could cover the damn three <laughs> on the all go. I that wasn't my specialty there, Brady. <laughs> that was a hell of a play. Though <laughs> Warner's a dog. <laughs> that, that that, that many many man can play linebacker's linebacker
2: specialty. I mean, there's not many linebackers who can who can do what Fred Warner was able to do. So he, he's special. Yeah.
1: Brady Quinn is with us. You're a Fox employee. One of your uh, broadcast brethren, Shannon Sharp, was involved in an incident Friday night at the Lakers game. Did you have any thoughts on that as you were watching that over the weekend?
2: Uh, Yeah, I did. So my thought was um, that the NBA is going on right now, and the biggest storyline is about a pro football Hall of Famer getting into it with a basketball team on the on the side or before the game, and one of your star players' dads, like that's the state of the NBA. I mean, <laughs> this league couldn't be at a worse point in regards to viewership and consumption. And just like that's your storyline, like that's if you're if you're talking NBA today, that's what a lot of people are referencing or talking about. Meanwhile, LeBron's about ready to break the all-time scoring record. You've got some other interesting, really you know, great young players and trade deadlines coming up, so potentially you know, guys being moved around, um, all that, but yet that's the headline. It's, just, it's sad to see what's happened to the NBA, and I'm not saying that just because I'm a, a football junkie and I love NFL and college football. I used to love watching the NBA too. You know, I used to love watching the game when you saw guys do the things that like most people can't do. The way they'd fly through the sky and like Vince Carter back in his prime and all that stuff—it wasn't just a dunk contest like that happened on a on like weekday nights. And the games become so spread out, so much about three-point shooting, and there's just no defense anymore the way it used to be. It's just—it's tough to consume. And so yeah, that's that's my thought on it. Is like, it's it's, it's it's a football player that's making headlines in the NBA, and he's not even active. And, and that's that's the state of the NBA right now.
3: But why why the hell is Shannon heckling people? I thought hecklers were for 14-year-olds, Brady. Heckling a grown-ass man? You're a grown-ass man. You're 50-something.
2: I feel like that some days. But, yeah, I I don't know. I mean, again, I don't know Shannon that well to know any backstory. I know he apologized from it and all that. And Skip actually didn't interrupt him, which was shocking, considering (laughs) what a clown Skip is. Um, So that was good. But, no, I mean – Again, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I really just don't care. Like, <laughs> all that stuff. Like, yeah. if people want to fight, argue, bicker, heckle, whatever, let, like, let them go do it, man. Like, that's, that's, for them to, that's for them to care about. I have no idea what it was about. Couldn't have been that important. So,
1: do you, uh, do you care at
2: all that today is National Pie Day? Oh, uh, now, here's my question Does chicken pot pie count? It's a
1: great question. Mm. It's a great question because we always mm. think dessert pies, right? But there are yeah,
2: you're thinking of like apple
1: pie, papaya. pie, pumpkin so pie. So I think chicken pot pie would definitely count. Is that uh, is that one of your go to meals?
2: I just think it's it's like a really a low key, awesome underrated meal. Like when you get a great chicken pot pie, like one of our neighbors was nice enough to bring us one as like a holiday gift, and he's like, you got to try these. They're like the best we've ever had. He was not lying. Like, we then turned around, saved the box, sent them to, like, other people because it was so good. And I'm like, there's just something about a chicken pot pie when they're, like, that good. Now, But there's a big variance between, like, the best chicken pot pie and, like, bad chicken pot pie. Like, chicken pot pie will have you, like, on the toilet the next day for hours. So you got to (laughs) be careful. But if you find the right chicken pot pie. What
1: what neighborhood do you live in? Like, Mayberry? Who's bringing a chicken pot pie over to their neighbor's?
2: We got really friendly neighbors, you know. Uh, Tony Fasano, Anthony, as some people used to call him, he, he's, he's in the neighborhood. Lives Jeff Darlington's not too far away. Uh, I try to hit golf balls at his house a decent amount. Usually now when Darlington he's on ESPN, in that neighborhood, man. Yeah, man. I, I honestly I don't know. Like I, I thought he'd be registered as like a sex offender by now, but that hasn't happened. So.
3: <laughs> Darlington lives down here too.
1: Darlington got money apparently so if he's living in the neighborhood with Fasano and Brady Quinn.
2: Well, my neighbor who dessert- pie, has way more money than all of us. He sold a company. So that that's, that's the thing is you get out of playing football and you're like, man, you meet some of these people who are like, Oh, what have you done? Oh, I sold a company. And you're like, Oh, okay. Maybe I should have. What, just about done a, that. <laughs> uh,
1: what about a dessert pie though? I was saying to Crowder to me, one of the great pleasures is a cup of coffee at a diner, like a, a gristly cup of coffee at a diner and a piece of pie. So I can go
2: two two ways on this, all right? I've got pumpkin pie, which during Thanksgiving, that's that's the tops for me. I like to finish off a nice Thanksgiving meal. But key lime pie is near and dear to my heart because my mom loves key lime pie. So when I was a kid, I remember like you try it and it's got that kind of that tanginess to it, and you just you'll never forget the first time you tasted it. So usually, hmm. if you're at a good spot, right, you go somewhere down to the Keys. They got great key lime pie. Well, I want to say there's a spot in Isla Morada that's got great key lime pie. Um, but usually, I'll grab it there, and that's like always reminds me of my mom. Uh, she's still here, but it's just you know she doesn't live close to us, so it's It's a nice reminder.
3: Brady, are you lying to us? Because I don't think you eat dessert. Well, that's the
2: oh, thing. Is like I, we know I he doesn't. That. I mean, yeah. Come on, you gotta have a little fun. You gotta have a little sweet every once in a while, you know. It, it offsets it, the weird experiences I experience when when Hoffman's around. But do you still <laughs> you still don't snack at all. No snacks. No, I, I just we've gone over this. Like I'm well, I thought all maybe you're getting guy. older. Like you're, you're
1: getting older and fatter no, like the rest of us.
2: You know what it is? You're the type of guy that dips your toe in the water. You know, you I want to snack. I'm just I'm just gonna dip my toe in the water a little bit. Like I'm all or nothing. Like I'm either in or I'm out. So I'm either eating a meal or I'm not eating at all. You know? Huh.
3: He has a great Hawkman. Oh, man, I, a I mean, I want a snack. I do, but I, a want snack. A
2: snack I want a snack all day Give long.
1: Give me some pretzels. I love this.
2: Give me some oh. some chips or some pretzels. You're oh, like, What's the best. Gonna...
1: <laughs> What's better than going it's to like... a commercial break and, and having five minutes to, you know, have a few uh, barbecue chips? I mean, how is, that, how is that not what a great part of your day?
2: You're putting a Band-Aid on it. You're, you're, your body's telling you you need fuel. Like, go get a protein shake or something. Does that count? No, but it, I'm not, I'm not hungry counts. when I eat these snacks. I just like the way that it tastes. I
3: snack.
2: Does that count? Mm. A protein shake?
1: Not really. I mean, like a, do you snack like a human ever?
2: No. I, I think mm. they're disgusting, to be honest with you. Like
1: a, like a some pistachios? No. <laughs> really? <laughs> I think you done snack, Hawk. I
3: think it's pretty much set.
1: Well how do you like how do you watch a, a hockey game at night? You, you don't have a, a box of cheese. You, you have a beer. <laughs> is, that, is that a mm. snack? I mean can mm. you
2: watch hockey without drinking a beer?
1: I uh I can. I it's like more that. more
3: important for the nachos for me. But anyway. What about what about like candy? Like Skittles or Starburst. You uh, eat them I'm, after I'm, a meal? I'm,
2: I'm an ice cream guy. I'm not a candy guy. I've always liked ice cream. Like for the, for the end of time, grew up drinking milkshakes, loved ice cream. That that's that's more of the deal. If I eat sugar, it's gonna be ice cream. Knock down a whole pint. Yeah, you gotta go buy Killwins, man. I mean, every once in a while, I'll I'll get on Grader's website and order some Graders from Cincinnati, Ohio, down here to be shipped down. But you can get them in some of the grocery stores, but if if it's local, <clears throat> it's gotta be Killins. Hmm. Killwins is good. I'll give you that. You can't walk in that place and not not, not leave with something. you know, you, you got to get something there.
1: It's the greatest smelling place in all of South Florida, Kilwins. Why don't they
2: bottle that and put in a cologne? <laughs> I'm going to wear gonna that, that big... to our next lunch.
3: You're going to get a big woman. I'm going to put two, <laughs> Kilwins, uh, two <laughs>
1: Kilwins slices of fudge under my uh, arms. People trying to bite you. <laughs> People
2: trying to lick you and stuff.
1: Now I found the seed. Hey, never there we go. Brady Quinn from Fox Sports and uh, our friend on National Pie Day. Thank you, Brady. Yeah, enjoy the pies, everyone. Thanks for having me
2: <laughs> on, guys. <laughs> There's
1: nowhere to get one, unfortunately. Is key lime pie one of your favorites, Crowder? You mentioned key yeah, lime pie.
3: It is my favorite pie. I love it. What about a chicken pot pie? I ate them a lot as a kid. haven't eaten them since I was a grown up. Solana, you like chicken pot pie? I don't think I've ever had chicken pot pie. Really? What is it? I think it's an older person's thing. I don't think young people have chicken pot pie, do they? What's in it? Um, <laughs> chicken,
2: vegetables,
3: oh yeah, like chicken gravy, and vegetables in a pie crust. Mm, nah, I don't think I've ever had chicken pot pie. Key no. lime pie, though. I mean, you, that's, you know what I do make, which is along along the line of chicken pot pie, is shepherd's pie.
1: Oh, you know shepherd's pie is underrated.
3: Yeah, my kids love it.
1: Because that's got potatoes in it, right? Mashed potatoes?
3: Yeah, you put the vegetables, you put ground beef, and then you top it with mashed potatoes, put a little cheese on there, and melt the cheese on top. Man, my kids love shepherds pie.
1: Yeah, I like that. This is the Hawk and Crowder Show. I've watched my 600-pound life enough. I could perform bariatric surgery right now. Hawk and Crowder.